Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Limitless. Today I have a really interesting guest and I think today is going to be an interesting conversation. I love having podcasts with men because I work with a lot of male clients and it's just I just find the conversation so much more interesting. So would you love to introduce yourself to everyone today and just speak a little bit about what's on your heart at the moment? Yeah, thank you so much, Emma. Love and abundance, everyone. I appreciate uh, uh, for you, uh, you know, having me here and uh, allowing me to share my story. Uh, you know, my journey began in, uh, I was born and brought up in Dubai, in the Middle East. And, uh, you know, I was there for 15 years and I moved to America right before 9-11. So a couple of months before 9-11, I landed in America. And the first uh, few months were extremely hard for me because it was, I went from this space of being like very familiar with people around me. Uh, back in Dubai, we had uh, in one campus, we had kindergarten all the way through 12th grade. So I was in one school for 12 years of my life and, you know, familiar with that surrounding. And then I come to this new place, uh, completely foreign to it with this thick, heavy accent, not looking like an American or like I belong here, you know, just kind of like uh, always the odd one out. Uh, and, so the first couple of months of high school were extremely hard. And I, I remember not wanting to go. I'd complain, moan, groan, sometimes even cry. And my mom would just say, you know, it's okay. Just go this one day. It'll start getting better. And so every day, every day, she started giving me a little bit of hope, a little bit of hope. And, uh, you know, a couple of months in, I'm, when, once I started making some friends, a couple of other people who had joined around the same time I did, uh, again, they're also oddballs out, you know. So, like, we kind of just got along. And sometimes it was even... You know, we were just comfortable being around each other during lunch. Like we wouldn't even have a conversation, with, but we just, uh, you know, sit with each other, have our own lunches and, you know, just have that as a, as a peaceful, uh, uh, you know, space for us. Uh, so that was uh, very interesting times early on. That was my first big significant move away from, you know, a place called home. Uh, and then since then, I've kind of lived this traditional uh, Indian life of I'm going to get a, you know, graduate high school and get a university degree, get an advanced degree, get a, uh, you know, high paying job and, you know, kind of live that life. Right. So I was kind of in that track. I got this advanced degree in a PhD in environmental engineering. So that was starting from my undergrad all the way to the PhD it was almost 10 years, nine and a half years of my life. And, um, I you know, made it all the way there and I graduated, I got this job. Uh, and, you know, so I moved, uh, this is the second major move. I was in Atlanta for the 10 years of my life. And then I moved to Idaho, Boise, Idaho, which is on the other side of the country. Uh, it's, a, it's a state that not many people have heard of, uh, frankly. Uh, and even I hadn't heard about it until I had gotten the interview. So I finally make the move out there, get this job. Um, now, right before this, while I was graduating, I'd gone through a harsh breakup in my life. And uh, this was a relationship of two years, and it was one of the best things that I, ha I had ever happened to me at that time, right? I was so ecstatic about it, and my whole identity was revolved around her after a while. It, we were so close, like inter intertwined with each other. Uh, but for me, it was more of that needy energy, so I was kind of dependent on her. Uh, so I had that kind of energy going in. Uh, but it was a great like year and a half. The last six months, we were, had a little turbulence in our relationship, and then finally it kind of ended. Uh, this was three months before I was about to graduate from my PhD. And so while I was, uh, you know, going through the dealing with the breakup, 
Uh, I remember the first couple weeks, maybe in a month or longer than that, I would wake up not accepting my reality. Like I couldn't accept that I was out of that relationship. My mind state, my whole being was still in that, stuck in that great moment uh, in that relationship. And when I woke up, you know, so all my dreams and everything would be with her. And then when I woke up, be like, oh, you know, this is this reality and I couldn't accept it. So I'd wake up with tears in my eyes, but then I'd have to push myself out of bed because I had I had a deadline in three months. I'm graduating. I need to write a 200-page book along with uh, like a 100-slide uh, presentation uh, so that I could graduate. How uh, is so that I, for you, pushing through those such deep emotions? Uh, you know, I uh, at that moment, I was I, at that time in my uh, in my life, I was kind of very, I was very unconscious, uh, and so what I would uh, I relied on comedy was one thing that would get me going, um, and so. I would watch, uh, I don't know if you know of Jon Stewart. Um, he's a, uh, so he's a, a comedian, but he was also on like a, on a, a late night show, like a talk show, kind of a comedy show. Uh, and so there was this, uh, on Comedy Central, there was this uh, show that he hosted. It was The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. Uh, this was back in about 20 years ago, 15 years ago, I'd say. Uh, and he was like really well uh, intentioned guy who would take a topic like a social issue, for example, dive deeper into it, but then have a comedy twist to it. And so I would love his content. I would watch it. It was like a 22 minute segment. So I'd watch that 22 minutes. And that was the first thing in the morning that after I woke up, I would watch that, get my, you know, get some laughs in, get some comedy in, brighten up my day. And then I would get started with work. Uh, and I remember specifically days that he wouldn't release an episode. Like, I think it was a weekday show. So on the weekends, you know, there was, there wasn't any episode to watch. And I would be sort of like, I'd be down, you know, I couldn't like, I, I was like relied on that source of comedy. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like the outlet wasn't there for you to like really lift yeah. yourself up and your spirits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it was comedy played a huge role during that time for me. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was uh, that John Stewart, I think, was like a lifesaver for me, at least for those three months. Mm. Um, wow. And from your perspective now, like, was there an element of actually you needing to release those emotions and like connect in with how you were feeling? Because I guess there was a lot of like trying to just keep them sur- like underneath the surface so you could continue on and, and get things that needed to be done done. Actually, that took a long time. So uh because I was still in that cycle of I have of to graduate, I have to get this job, I have to, you know, the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, right? So being in that unconscious phase in my life. Uh, so what happened was then I moved to Idaho. And that, again, that move could have represented kind of like going into the darkness, going into the cave, because I didn't really know anyone in Idaho. I was moving there as a blank slate. I could have utilized that time and energy uh, into diving deeper into myself into understanding why this pain and suffering, uh, the pain was there, but why is this suffering so, so strong? And so, uh, you know, like, uh, uh, there were a lot of emotions around it. Uh, but I didn't, I distracted myself in whichever, what way, uh, you know, there was alcohol involved. Uh, so I was basically trying to drown out the pain, uh, trying to distract myself from it. There was also positive distractions. Like, uh, so Idaho has a lot of mountains, a lot of, uh, valleys and lakes and rivers and all of that like nature right so i would go out in nature i would go hiking i would go to the waterfalls and things like that and um uh, but 
so that was a positive distraction, but I was still very distracted until about a year and a half uh, of my stay in Idaho. So this was about two years after the relationship ended mm-hmm. is when I finally got a grip and I was like, you know what? I need to do something about this pain and suffering. I can't go like this any any longer. I remember days when like 1 p.m., 2 p.m. hit and I would be drained of energy. I couldn't, you know, I'd be at work, but I'd, I'd have to produce something, you know, have a deadline at five o'clock but I wouldn't be able to uh, even stay awake because I was so drained with all the negative thoughts that were going on in my mind with all of the, you know, I was constantly like focused on that, on her, like, what is she doing? Who is she hanging out with? So I'd go on her social media, looking at, uh, you know, like what, what did she just recently post? Who is she hanging out with? Uh, Cause there was a lot of, there was jealousy behind it. Uh, and so I was you know, like looking for some, someone in particular and, um, and, yeah, it was a miserable time for me, right? And uh, so I would have to take a coffee shot in the in the afternoon just to stay awake. Uh, so that that's that's the state I was in energetically. And I realized, you know what? I'm killing myself with all of this alcohol. I'm killing myself with all of this fast food that I eat late night, um, and uh, with all of the negative thoughts. So I need to do something about it. So at that time, I was starting to dive into spirituality. Uh, uh, this was 28, 29 years of my life. Uh, that's when I picked up this book called uh, The Book of Secrets by Deepak Chopra. And even though like this book is very high level, I didn't understand 95% of it. You know, uh, I was just beginning. So the little bit that I picked up from that book uh, was meditation. He talked about it, he brought it up at multiple points along the book. And that got me intrigued. And so that was kind of the... Uh, wh- that was the doorway out of my the state that I was in was meditations. Once I started creating a daily ritual, uh, doing it on a regular basis, that's when I started feeling a whole lot better, uh, moving away from and actually slowing down my life. You know, that meditation was that space because I was constantly on the run, one thing to the next thing to the next thing. I didn't give myself that break, that space to sit down and introspect look back at my life, what, what, are certain, what are patterns that have been occurring in my life? Uh, I didn't have that. So finally, when I started meditating, I gave myself that space. How did it feel for you to first give yourself that space from the past where you had been suppressing it and, and hiding it as much as you could? Like, how did it feel at first? Was there, was there fear there? Was there an overwhelming sensation of everything that came to the surface? Like, what did that feel like for you? I think I enjoyed that process. Uh, I think initially it was overwhelming because there was, you know, because so much information now, right? You're being uh, like opened up to your your whole history, like 26 years of my life. Uh, and so it, initially it was overwhelming. But then once I kind of uh, started enjoying the process, like, oh, I'm uncovering all of these things about myself. I'm realizing that, uh, you know, one of the big realizations at that time was that, I was 50% responsible for the breakup. You know, I was at that, until that point, I was like, it was her, it was her fault. She did all this. You know, I was always pointing fingers. And finally I was got to this point where I said, you know what, this actually could have been, you know, part of 50% of it is at least my responsibility. And I had to look at my life, my patterns, what uh, energetic symbols was I, uh, you know, giving out to her in that relationship? I realized I had a very like needy energy. Um, I was constantly like looking for her, uh, her attention, constantly looking for 
you know, wanting to be around her because I love that energy. Um, but it was more of I was holding on to her uh, out of jealousy. And so once I realized that, that kind of started switching my relationships with other people. Um, and that I think about uh, once I go, went through all of this, within like eight months, I found my wife. I'm married to now for like six years. Uh, so it was there was the transformation that happened through meditation. And it was such a powerful um, time for me. Mm, and I really love that you said there, like it was it was beautiful for you to uncover those things that were coming up because we can kind of like you said at first it's a little bit overwhelming and it's a little bit like when you're starting to see all these things that you didn't even realize you held within yourself and at the same time it's like a beautiful journey of curiosity to really know yourself and how has that played out in your life now like that connection that you first could actually start to have through through meditation and I guess the the breakup as that catalyst to actually go into meditation. You know, that curiosity, uh, I've kind of kept on uh, since I've discovered it. I was curious about, you know, all of the external things in life uh, before, but now my curiosity went inside, right? And I've kept that alive since I've uh, started meditating. Uh, and now my meditation is, is very different from when it first started. Uh, and I do different forms of meditation, right? So I do like a walking meditation, go out, uh, take my three-month-old on a walk and just observing the beauty, observing him, just enjoying where I'm at. Or I would, um, uh, you know, have some meditate, uh, some trance music going on in the background, some chants going on in the background. That gets me in a meditative state while I'm working. So there are different things that I do right now that kind of keeps me in that state, which is leaving me open for you know, explore exploration for being curious about myself uh, and for understanding how I'm thinking during in that moment, you know. So uh, before I would meditate uh, as a way to kind of look back on my life because I had missed so many years of my life and missed all of this data that I you know, hadn't really looked at. But now I've gotten to a phase where um, I can, you know, I'm, I'm being in the moment, understanding why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling, uh, why these thoughts are coming up. Uh, and this has been, you know, as a lately as an example, uh, one of the challenges that I've placed myself in for 2022 was uh, to put myself out there, to express myself more, you know, be inter interviewed on these podcasts. Uh, and so in, in this year, I've probably interviewed on maybe 50 to 75 different podcasts. And each and every interview, I've realized that it's gotten a whole lot better. I've improved through it because I was there in the moment paying attention to how I'm feeling in the interview. So initially, I realized I was not at, very, I was not at ease. I would, uh, you know, uh, I like sweat, around, sweat and uh, kind of, you know, have that uh, nervous energy within me. Uh, and then as I was paying attention during the interviews, looking at my, you know, paying attention to my state, paying attention to my emotions, I was slowly working towards where I want to go, where, how I want to feel during the interview, you know, be at ease, uh, just be open and curious and not like have something prepared, uh, you know, be able to answer any kind of questions. That's why when you asked me earlier, I said, I'm just open to it. 
um, because that's the you know My that's that's the conversation that I enjoy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so that's the challenge that I put to myself for this year, and it was that paying attention in the moment and being curious about how I'm feeling, uh, and then okay, if, if if I don't like the way I'm feeling in this moment, I want to feel at ease instead of being nervous. Let's start slowly walking in that direction. So the first 10, 15 interviews was me slowly moving towards being at ease. And then after that, like after the 30th interview or so, it's been, it's gotten a whole lot better. Mm. Well, your energy is very easeful right now. So (laughs) it's obviously shifted a lot. Did you find as well for you, I guess, it was a lot about accepting where you were, like accepting the emotions that were coming up. Um, Because obviously we can, we can kind of, move ourselves into this state of like I need to shift out of this and I need to feel at ease I need to feel confident and we kind of again forget to be with the moment and the experience that we're having yeah that's actually a great point like accepting where I'm at is I think it like you said is a first step in you know shifting out of it uh being comfortable with where you're at and saying uh you know this this is okay and uh because if I if I don't kind of have that self-talk within myself, then I'm uh, going down in that negative spiral of just being more and more nervous and, you know, just feeling it more and more. Uh, and so the, the, initially it's it's me just comforting myself and being like, hey, it's okay. Uh, you know, like this is where you're at and, uh, you know, we'll slowly start mo- walking in the direction that you want to go in. Um, and that's why it was, for me, it was like a process. It didn't happen overnight. Like, oh, I'm just going to drop this and then, you know, feel confident all of a sudden. Uh, everything in my life has been like, let me take some baby steps in that direction. And finally, if a month in, two months in, three months in, I'll get there. Mm, I think that's such a powerful reminder to, to everyone listening and to ourselves as well is, is those baby steps are actually a lot more powerful sometimes than trying to force ourselves to take these giant leaps that really like our nervous system cannot handle if we're if we're not allowing ourselves to practice the things that we actually want to experience, right? I completely agree. Uh, you know, when I uh, moved from uh, being vegetarian into plant, uh, being 100% plant, family members, like uh, people around me were telling me, no, why, you know, you, you studied for 10, nine and a half years and now you're going to leave all of this behind and move into some completely new direction. Like what's going on? Uh, you know, why don't you look for another job within the same career? So I got all of these different things and I had to kind of fend it off. So it took me one month to convince myself, two months to convince everyone around me. <laughs> the reflection then, of all of our doubts in ourselves, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then uh, finally after that, it, uh, uh, you know, I'd, I'd made the change. Well, started to, starting to make the change, right? Accepting that okay, this is the direction that I want to go in. Uh, and uh, finally, I accepted it. And now I was walking in that direction. So that kind of switch uh, was my first major transition, I would say. And it, uh, yeah, it was, it was, initially, it was very difficult. I was very, I was in scarcity mode, because, you know, I had this salary income coming in every month, and all of a sudden, I don't have anything. I mean, I did have a lot of savings, but I was still in scarcity uh, because I was like, oh, what's going to happen? You know, I had a lot of self-doubt moving in this new direction. Uh, And so it took me a while to overcome that. But once I, uh, I said, then I met a partner uh, and we had started a a entrepreneurship, like a 
business together. Uh, and so once we started, got, got the ball rolling and I saw that, uh, you know, we had a vision and we're moving in a particular direction that gave me the confidence. Uh, but it, it, there was a lot of scarcity initially. Uh, and that was the work that I had to do because that scarcity actually was there from a long mm. time. <laughs> Entrepreneurship just brings it all to the surface. <laughs> it, yeah, it just brought it to the surface. Exactly. It was, mm. was kind of like a, it was a good mirror for me to realize that I was, you know, in that scarcity mindset. Mm. Yeah, that's been an interesting journey to move out of the scarcity. Mm. How did that look for you? Like, and into like a, an abundance mindset and really like experience, even when you can't necessarily see that abundance in your physical reality at first, like, but actually experience it within. Like, what did, what did that look like for you? That was, um, uh, there was a lot of affirmations involved. Um, there was a lot of, uh, you know, initially I didn't believe it. I didn't think like that was that was going to be a real reality for me, right? Uh, and so it took me journaling, so writing things down and kind of uh, writing my reality. What is my reality? Why am I feeling like this? I've written a, a, a love letter to money at some point in my life, uh, you know, and uh, kind of... Uh, like what's going to get me there uh, and what kind of, what are my feelings around it? So that's when I started to really, really pay attention to, okay, how can I, uh, you know, move away from the scarcity and mm -hmm. kind of start walking towards that abundance? Uh, what can I apply now so that maybe five years down the road or two years down the road, I'll feel it, you know? Uh, and so those were like little, again, baby steps. So implementing affirmations, listening to, uh, you know, so while I'm working, I'll have some affirmations going on in the background, money affirmations or confidence or whatever it may be, whatever I'm working on. Uh, I'll put uh, uh, like on the behind me, there's one that says, yes, you can. Uh, and then there's there are two in front of me because currently what I'm working on is expressing myself. I have two affirmations in front of me, one that says be you and the other one that says express yourself. Uh, and so it's kind of having that in my environment, in my surroundings, just giving me this, um, uh, you know, like the subconscious programming mm. and selling it, you know, even deeper. Uh, what I've done in the past and uh, continue to do so is have little postcards with uh, certain like things that I'm working on. Oh, I love that. that. Uh, you know, like I wrote a little poem for things that I'm uh you know, I want for myself. So oh, I read this. Read it? <laughs> do you want to read it? Uh, sure. It's a good way to express yourself. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, so it says, I'm bold, I'm funny, I'm a storyteller, a speaker, people, a standing ovation, an inspiration, a leader, a change maker, the mm. Oprah of our generation. Oh, I love this. That's such a beautiful embodiment to like call in. Yeah. So mm. these were like little different uh, images that I've, you know, and so while I'm reading this, then I'll visualize, you know, the speaker and then people in front of me standing ovation. So that's, that's kind mm. of uh, the, the idea. Yeah. Yeah. There you mm. go. Amazing. Thank you for, for allowing me to share it. Yeah, no, no, it was really, really nice. I love poetry and spoken word and things like this. So it's really nice to, ni nice to hear that. I wanted to tune into something you said earlier. Um, around uh, the uh, the breakup and everything and you you were mentioning how it wasn't your reality anymore and you know you'd you'd sleep in your dreams and you'd see you together and then you'd wake up in it and it wasn't your reality anymore 
how do you apply that now where you can like you see it's not your reality but you know your dreams uh, and you actually want to experience them it's kind of like this weird thing of like accepting your reality as it is but then staying open to like things coming in and and calling in that future that you want to experience like you said there because obviously back then it was for you it was like oh my reality is not that and I'm trying to create something that I can't create basically do you you see what I'm saying in this yeah yeah that's uh uh yeah it's kind of like before it was more for the negative and now it's like utilizing the same concept for the positive and yeah yeah, yeah like when you were, I... you were trying to create something that was like more out of force I guess like trying to force something that was no longer aligned with you that was no longer actually right for you and at the same time you can call things into your reality that are only available to you in your dreams and in your sort of like in your mind and then but obviously you're doing it for a different reason now it's not the force right Right, right, right. Yeah, now it's more of like an attraction. Mm, uh, yeah. Towards you, yeah. Right? So how do you um, find balancing, you know, accepting where you are and, and loving your life and being present to it and also staying open to these new things that you're that you're calling in for yourself? Yeah, you know, I have these. Uh, so throughout most of the day, I'm you know, where I'm at in the moment, accepting reality and living life and enjoying it. And then I have these sessions like nighttime, early morning, where I would read the poem, visualize it, you know, so go into that dream world and kind of mm. pull what I'm looking for closer to me, right? Uh, but then most of the day, I'm yeah. in the moment living reality. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I think like kind of having that practice, whatever that may be. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And so whatever that may be for other people, you know, kind of having mm-hmm. that practice on a regular basis. Uh, and then also uh, being open to, uh, like, I feel like, you know, this is like where people around us, they're all characters in our game and they're always sending us messages. Right. Uh, so being open to those messages, just listening to the people around you because they'll, point you in a direction that you want to go in. There's some message in there, like maybe you're having a conversation with someone and they say something and it stands out to you. That that could be a message for you from the universe. Uh, so maybe pay attention to that. And, uh, you know, there may be something out there. Mm, that's really powerful. That's really cultivating that level of awareness to begin to notice those things that are coming in I I love to play this quite a lot like going out and looking at people's t-shirts and looking at things that are around me and and hearing the songs that are playing in the supermarket things that you would never notice right before when you're kind of living at this more kind of unconscious place and when you start to open you're like wow the universe is literally always speaking to me like through different people through things I just have to open myself to to notice it and then see the synchronicity see the symbols yeah it's a really like incredible journey to experience and I guess for you now you're calling in this this energy that of what you want to experience and then as you open up to that energy so the universe gives you those signs all the time to reconfirm to you yeah you're going the right way <laughs> exactly, exactly there's always like these signposts that say yeah, this is the right way and this is the, <laughs> the wrong way. And I think it takes mm. our level of awareness to kind of pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. And for you, like, what does that look like moving forward in your life? Like, what things would you like to 
to call in for yourself now that you're stepping into this new chapter obviously you've got that expression of yourself but what is it internally you obviously want to experience as you step into these new things that you're calling in for yourself you know and i think it's a a sense of freedom is uh what's Mm -hmm. coming up is uh you know expressing myself has been a challenge throughout my life and i feel like this is something that's um uh, interge- is like generational as well. Uh, you know, I think it goes back to my grandfather who was a very angry person and that trickled down to my mom because every time they would talk, every time, like everything had to be very silent around when he was around, when he was there in, in his presence. Uh, and so anytime you would, you know, quote unquote misbehave or like say something, you'd get, you know, you'd get told to like stop talking or whatever. So it's kind of shutting down that expression, the natural mm-hmm. expression of human being right and so i think that carried over into me and so this is uh uh, like a generational work that i'm doing right now with this expression and uh so with that comes a lot of uh i would say so the the, you know there's a lot of thought processes inside of me a lot of thinking that's holding me back right Mm -hmm. and so that's the freedom from all of that is no you you have you have a voice and whatever you want to share has value, uh, something worthy to add, right? Uh, so it's kind of freedom from all of those negative voices. Um, uh, so that's that's one of, that's the, the one of the major things I would say. Uh, so what else do I want to call into my life, and uh, in terms of uh, physical realities, right? So there's one uh, kind of project that we've been working on through the pandemic, and. Uh, so the project has been where we're feeding the homeless population. Uh, mm-hmm. We know early on we realized a lot of people lost their jobs, mm-hmm. so they don't have income to provide for their families, uh, you know, food for their families. So we started putting putting together bags of grocery supplies, uh, and eventually that morphed into us providing hot meals because we realized not a lot of people have food in their, you know, they, they don't have kitchens to cook all of these uh, supplies mm-hmm. that we're giving them. Uh, so why not provide them hot meals? And so we started with hot meals and, uh, you know, we have so far given out about 200 and 200,000 plus, uh, hot meals over the last two years. Uh, Mm. And, you know, we want to take this to the next level. So this is my kind of vision that we're, that we're looking at right now. Uh, Mm. you know, we have, we have this established location in Los Angeles. So anyone in the LA area, if you're ever visiting, we would love to have you as a volunteer. We would love to kind of show you around our facility, what's going on. If you want to volunteer and you know be there for an hour, two hours on a Sunday, you know please definitely come by. Um, so you could definitely reach out to me uh, through my website, Instagram, um, if you want more information. Uh, but essentially, that will be in the show notes as well, alongside the um, the fundraiser that you have. That's that's applicable for this, right? As well, isn't it? Yes, yes, yes it is. Yes. Thank you. So if people want that. to donate, then head straight to that. Yes. If yeah, that's the other way of uh, contribution. If you'd like to donate, then please uh, do it at the in LA. <laughs> yeah, not in LA. And if you're not in LA, this is the other opportunity that uh, what we're this is the vision that I want to manifest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have starting to create a template. We uh, we have already created a template where everything that we've done over the past two years, we've kind of written it down, documented it, so that anyone would want to start it in their location, in their city, in their state in their country even because it's international uh we have all of the everything that's needed uh, we have the recipes that we provide it's all plant-based meals um we have uh 
you know, so essentially everything documented, how many volunteers you need for this, how many, you know, all of that. And if you're in the North America, we could even give you our suppliers to order all of the, the raw materials, all of the supplies, everything. Uh, and so this is the opportunity. If you're interested in cooking meals, as little as 50 meals, 100 meals for people, uh, if you want to do it out of your kitchen, we could help support that. Uh, you know, we could find ways to work with you and uh, provide you whatever you need. Anything that's stopping you from actually doing it, we can help you with that. Um, so that's the vision is to take this kind of concept that we've uh, kind of put together in the last two years in L.A. and go nationwide, worldwide with it, start feeding more people. Amazing. I think that's such a testament to yourself like to do this work right because we can be on the healing journey doing the inner work and to actually bring our own our own healing to others is such a powerful thing so I just want to celebrate you for doing that and make sure everyone heads to the show notes and donates to that because what a what an incredible an incredible thing to do for others Thank you so much, Emma. I really mm. appreciate that. And this was the way it started was the universe sending me a message. Mm. Uh, oh, how did it send you a message? <laughs> so I love these stories. Synchronicity stories are my favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I was in India. I was visiting India right before the mm. pandemic hit. So this was February 2020. Uh, and uh, when I was, I visited a, the small town um, called Rajkot. And over there, I had a family member living there. So he said that I know this, um, like a priest, a guru who can kind of like give you some uh, insights into your life. If you have any questions for him, you can ask him those questions and he can okay. give you direction for you. Uh, so I went to him. I was like, you know what? He brought this up for a reason. I have to go see him. I didn't, you know, it wasn't planned. It was like when, when I landed there, he said, oh, I know this person. Maybe you want to meet him. I said, all right, let's go. There has to be a reason behind this. So we go meet meet this guy. And uh, I remember asking, uh, telling him like, okay, this is what I'm doing right now. I have a, a meditation studio and, uh, you know, we're doing daily meditations. And he said, wow, that's amazing. Keep doing that. Keep doing that. Uh, you know what you, what else you could add to this is, Start providing free uh, meals to people, you know, like cook some meals, provide the meals so that you'll have more people. They'll come to eat and then you can give them the meditation, give them counseling, whatever else they need uh, and, you know, send them on their way. So he kind of planted the seed of preparing these hot meals. Mm. And then I go back to uh, come back to America. Uh, and within that same week, everything shuts down because of the pandemic. Uh and then in April 2020, uh, about three three weeks later, I get a call from a buddy of mine. So him and I, we've done uh, pre-pandemic. We did very a lot of cultural events, uh, you know, for our culture, promoting mm -hmm. uh, different kinds of uh, festivals. And uh, he calls me. He says, "You know what? There's this organization that has a lot of money. Uh, they want to do something for the community. They want to donate uh, their resources. What can we do?" And so him and I, we brainstormed, came up with some ideas. And finally, that's how the whole uh, food grocery supplies thing started. Uh, and then along along that, like two weeks into it, is when I had, when that guru came in mind, it was like, oh, why not provide hot meals? Mm -hmm. And this is the first opportunity to do that. 
And so yeah. I planted a seed in him and another leader, a, a local community leader. And so the three of us kind of uh, put this whole team together. Uh, the local leader, his name is Dr. Nitin Shah. He was able to find a team, a little uh, group of volunteers, about 30 of them, that all of them come together and they'll prepare these meals. So he had done these health fairs where they'll have 3,000, 4,000 people come over the weekend uh, over two days to you know get their health, health checkups done for free. And it was this group of people that would cook 3,000, 4,000 meals during that weekend. And he said, look, we can come in. We have this whole kitchen here that's part of our facility and we can start making meals for you guys. And so it, it kind of just, once we made the, uh, had this vision that we want to do this, all the pieces just started coming together. You know, we found this mm -hmm. team, all the suppliers, more volunteers, uh, all of the donations started pouring in. So, I mean, it's, it's like, it's been magical, this whole journey. Yeah, uh, that is really magical. Like really magical. <laughs> it just, it just goes to show like the biggest of things that you can do really just start with that really small seed and that the universe really does supply when you're following like the, the vision and the, the intentions, those pure intentions of that seed. Yeah, that's so true. Because when we first started, we didn't know we were going to be mm. here two years later. You know, we thought this was going to be like a one weekend thing or a yeah. few days, two weekends and we'll be done. Oh, um, but here we are, yeah. we're still doing it. Amazing. Amazing. Before we before we wrap up, I want to ask you, because I know you've just become a dad recently. How has that shaped your presence, your awareness, like this whole journey that you're on as a unique soul here experiencing yourself, like how has that shaped your experience in a completely different way? Like what's it opened you up to? Yeah, this is, uh, thank you so much. Uh, this is, it's been a very, very, uh, it's been an amazing journey. Uh, I have, what I've realized, uh, so this is the, I'll give you the good and the, the good, bad and the ugly. <laughs> the good, bad and ugly. <laughs> The good is that he has, there's a lot of smiling, there's a lot of cuteness, mm -hmm. a lot of, uh, uh, you know, it's like, I love the morning cuddles or mm -hmm. just enjoying time with him, right? Um, the bad is when he starts crying and mm -hmm. has these, uh, uh, he needs something, right? Uh, but sometimes it goes on for like 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And the ugly is when it goes on for 15 minutes, there's a lot of anger that comes up in me, right? And this yeah. is, I think it's stemming back from that time where, uh, you know, my grandfather and that, that kind of anger kind of coming down into me. Uh, and so there's a lot of, uh, so I realized that, uh, uh, you know, there's like something will like take over me, like, oh, I, uh, and I'll have to leave him down and kind of, you know, go for a walk or do something else and then come back to him, especially if my wife is, you know, uh, occupied with something else with, uh, breast pumping or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, that anger is kind of, has been very interesting and it's, uh, um, and I've been working on it through meditation. Mm. And all this. Mm. Um, I think that's so vulnerable of you and, and powerful of you to share that though, because we can easily sit here and be like, yeah, it's a perfect thing. And, you know, but you're being real and authentic to yourself to, to share that. And I think, that in itself will be like 80% of the healing work that that is needed, like just to express it and share it. Yeah. It's uh, the acceptance of it, right. It's mm -hmm. the first thing. And, I mean, yeah. Yeah. 
the whole journey was the fir- I think the first month or two is like accepting that okay this is there okay mm-hmm. let me do something about it now mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to just fighting it all the time yeah uh, and so it, it took me that that two months to kind of also accept that I'm a father <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think it's like a little bit different for women, isn't it? Because we have like the baby in us for nine months. So it kind of builds that connection. But I can imagine like for a man and becoming a father is kind of a bit of a like an adjustment period. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like wow. one day all of a sudden he's there. And even mm-hmm. his uh, uh, his uh, birth uh, wasn't uh, on schedule. Mm. It happened early actually. And so, you know, when when he was actually being you know, birthed, I was that was a time that I was starting to finally accept that okay, within two weeks, three weeks, he's gonna be here, mm-hmm. uh, and then boom, the, that the, the <laughs> next day shows up, and I was like, oh, wow. wow, what an amazing experience as well to have the level of awareness that you do and level of presence that you do to like recognize these things coming up in yourself and to walk yourself through this journey in a way that that helps you stay connected to you and also to your, to your son. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, all of this meditation is finally is like, I'm starting to realize how, what level of effect it's having on me and uh, mm-hmm. you know, how aware it's, it's made me. I realized that when I was going through that breakup and all of those turbulent times, I was kind of like at the, uh, at the top of the ocean where the waves are very turbulent and bouncy and choppy and, uh, and now I'm starting to get deeper into the waters where it's more calm, peaceful, mm-hmm. serene, uh, you know, and uh, meditation is, has done that for me. Mm. Isn't it funny that when we think that when we go to the depths, it's going to be scary and it is a first, right? Like it's going to be really like chaotic and really scary and really like all the darkness and uh, but then actually like when we're in that and when we can begin to learn to hold that, it does create this inner peace that it's just, yeah, you can't compare it to anything. Yeah. And you wouldn't go back to, in this moment, you go back to the to the waves and you're like, okay, I'm going better now. <laughs> yeah, you know, I feel like there's yeah. something, even in, in the physical ocean, that there's something there that kind of pushes us back up, right? We're trying to go down mm-hmm. deeper, but then there's a force that will bring us back up to the surface, right? And the same thing with in the mind, there's something that'll push us back to the surface. And I think we have to keep, diving deeper and keep going uh, and not allowing that to push us back Mm -hmm. up yeah and even when we're we're back up we're we're there to learn something so taking whatever that experience is there to teach us (laughs) yeah oh amazing this has been such a a beautiful interview we've we've dived between lots of different topics and it's been really like flowy which i've really enjoyed um and so i'd love for you to share like we've spoken a little bit about the work that you're doing but i'd love for you to share with the listeners where they can find you how they can connect with you and if they're looking to dive more into to fundraising and working with you on on hot meals then just give them a little bit more information about that as well again sure uh you can find me on uh, dr uh, that's my website or instagram with the same name dr varun gandhi uh, and that'll be in the show notes as well. Uh, the Hot Meals program, we have been preparing plant-based meals between 1,500 and 2,000 meals every Sunday for the last uh, two plus years. Uh, we have crossed 200,000 meals. We're about 215,000 uh, thus far. And we're looking to take this to uh, to your city, wherever you are. We will uh, help you set up. We will uh, 
get you all the supplies. We will help you with fundraising, whatever it may be. Uh, we are also currently fundraising for the remaining for this year and then for starting for next year, 2023. Uh, and there's a GoFundMe link for that as well. And there's a little video attached to it. So I hope you enjoy that video. That's from our Thanksgiving drive that we did last year. Amazing. And you'll be able to find all of that in the show notes. So make sure you head down there. And I just want to honor you because I think you're such a cool guy. You have this energy that's just like super relaxed and super easeful. Like clearly you've got to that easeful point that you were calling in for yourself, which is amazing. And to to really like embody the work and actually go out and do the work in a way that not a lot of us are able to do. Um, not a lot of us are able to take those leaps and, and trust uh, the guidance that the universe brings us. Um, so thank you for the work that you're doing and the way that you're showing up and encouraging others to do the same. Thank you so much, Emma. I really appreciate this interview. I, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. This is such a, you know, your questions were amazing. Uh, thank you. And I'm so glad that I chose this option and not the other one where we're like, you know, talking about a few certain topics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really appreciate it. I, I like these kind of interviews now. Yeah, so. they are the best, aren't they? Because, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what's going to come up when you ask me a question. I don't know how I'm going to respond to it. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to ask, so yeah. I'm in the same boat. <laughs> and that's where we're playing with this, again, this trust with with uh, this faith with, with the universe yeah. that it, it does always provide, even if we can't see how or, or what or when. It always provides when we kind of surrender into, into the okay thank you so much and thank you everyone who's tuned in today you'll be able to tune in next week for another episode and a reminder to head down to the show notes to connect with either of us uh, even more thank you so much for listening and thank you everybody goodbye see you later much love